morning, good afternoon, and good night. And welcome to T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. The most fun you'll ever listen to while you're folding your clothes. Now let's get this straight. This is not your average podcast. T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio is super fun, super crazy. It's pretty much an in-your-face conversation. That's the good thing about us. We don't do interviews. We do conversations. All of my guests, all of my co-hosts, we chill. We drink, we play games, we have the song of the week, we have the creative curse word of the week. As long as you're having fun as our guest. Speaking of guests, each week I'm going to go through my whole contact list and dive head first into the world of music, gaming, exotic cars, tech, strippers probably, doctors probably, probably strippers that are only stripping so they can pay for tuition to become a doctor. You never know. My wife is a certified bartender. She'll make you a drink while you're here. We'll get you drunk and make you play VR after. It's a lot going on, but that's what it's all about over here at T-Pain's Nappy Boy Radio Podcast. See you soon, baby! Hey guys, today on CarCast, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, car pricing. Man, uh, the average price of new cars has really gone up and uh, what that means for you. And some price increasing as the result of inflation is coming down. So uh, it's going to get tougher and tougher to buy really, really cool cars. So uh, we'll get to that and a whole lot more. But first, here's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know, it's easy. Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Hello and welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the Motorator DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. What's up, buddy? I feel like Oldberg today. <laughs> Oldberg? I, I feel like I got run over by a two-ton or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, give us some updates. I know a lot's going on. Um, the garage is uh, is uh, a lot of progress happening there. That's kind of exciting, but a lot of ranch stuff. <laughs> there's, there's ranch yeah, stuff. Man. You know, one week we got animals passing away the next week we have a brahma calf uh that appeared i don't know probably one o'clock this morning or something like that but uh yeah it's hey we got a hundred animals dude i mean it's gonna (laughs) well one of the rams is destroying one of wanda's barns so he needs to be moved it's always an issue you know yeah like like having children (laughs) but in the background uh, there's a shit ton of work being done on the garage, man. So it's, uh, I don't know. We've talked about this for three years and I, I can honestly say that I'm getting a tiny bit excited. I'm trying not to <laughs> put the cart before the horse, you know, because I know there's a lot of stuff that still needs to be done. Um, but man, it's, I mean, color panels are going up. Windows are going in today. Some windows, at least it's beginning. It can't finish until it starts. Right. So at least it starts today. Yeah. Uh, we're expecting some rain. Hopefully, we can get it dried in fairly soon. We, I, I got to tell you, you know, uh, had some issues with my garage doors. They've only been up once or twice, and they're already bowing. Um, I'm not going to throw the garage door company under the bus by any stretch of imagination because they're making it right. Yeah. But what an ordeal. It's a 26-foot door. Yeah, it's huge. You know, 
it's in the way it's like it's it's at least it's probably around three thousand pounds and the traditional tracking just is never going to hold up so at the end of the day it's an issue now aesthetically it'll be an issue functionally it won't be an issue because they're going to rectify it but it's just you know a plethora of issues and but, <laughs> but and that was all custom made i don't think they've done anything quite that size before right that's, that's the problem with the design of the door and the size of the door. It, they hadn't done it before. And, you know, they gave it their, their best shot. And uh, unfortunately with the price of these doors, they, they got to be perfect. No matter what the price, you know, you should yeah, always right. give it. So um, it, it's an issue and they hadn't dealt with it before, obviously. And uh, they're, they're making it right, but it's just, it's, it's another stumbling block. So, uh, you, you know, when we when we talked yeah. about the doors initially, they had the support bar kind of going through behind the windows, and that was more for uh, f- for bad weather, like, like you know, hurricane conditions, what would happen. So removing those bars, um, they said, was, was fine. And maybe install them if you knew a, a storm. But now what you're saying is, is when the roll-up door rolls up and has to lay flat above you like a giant roof panel, the, the tracks – is so is the is the door flexing or is it pulling the tracks right because well, both it's both because it's so freaking heavy yeah it's be doing both right yeah so it's we measured it the other day well last week and they've been they've been installed for a number of weeks and we measured it and it was at least two and a half inches offset you know the center of the door yeah was drooping at least two and a half inches but you know like I said it's it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. You know what it is, what it is. So I know you have installers who put the doors in. I don't know if those are the same guys from the manufacturer. They are not. It's a third party. But but I watched all the installation. It wasn't as if they cut corners. They didn't. Everything that they installed was per rating, except for the fact that here's the issue. And they found this, and I'm appreciative that they did, when the program went into doing all the calculations for uh thresholds obviously from yeah. the track whatever they didn't factor in the weight of the glass and there is a piece of glass you know every six inches i mean it's it's a yeah. fully glass door. well not right. fully glass. yeah no we saw it with the windows in it and everything yeah, yeah. so that's a huge amount of weight Right. Yeah. And so not taking that into consideration, I can see why it's failed. But as I said, they're rectifying it. And uh, once they make it whole, I'll mention their name on, on the air. But uh, <laughs> until then. You know. Yeah, I think I think we kind of forget how how heavy glass can be. I mean, years ago when I was running my web development company back in the in the 90s, um, you know, we built out an office and we custom made uh, a conference table. It was like – it was cool. It was like it was metal and it was kind of backlit underneath. And and I said, this this table needs like a single piece of glass. And, you know, and the table is, I don't know, 12 feet long. Like it's pretty pretty big <laughs> size, bigger than a dining room table. And That's it's got to be – I would imagine. Yeah, and and I mean, and you're right. For a single piece of glass that long, um, and maybe four or five feet wide, 
to to not bow and to put weight on it and stuff like that. Like that was that was the most complicated. It took like six guys to bring it in because oh, it, it was so heavy. It must have been. I mean, it was thick. I don't. I don't. Know, maybe maybe not quite an inch thick, but probably three quarters of an inch thick. And then you realize. This is heavy. If you got to like sort of one end of the table and try to pick up the glass, you know, it I think two guys could probably do it. One guy couldn't do it. Well, I couldn't. You could. But <laughs> so Rick so Rick Rick Hendricks office. It's yeah. got a tree in there. Have you you've been in there, have you? I haven't been to Hendricks office, no. And, and his shop, if I remember correctly, he's got a power plant of some GM power plant, and then he also has a chassis. Imagine the size of glass that's covering that. Yeah. Listen, I, you're, you're right. Like I, I did a Zoom call uh, not too long ago with Craig Jackson, and he's got a Porsche 911 in, in his conference table, right? And it kind of pokes through. So he's got this giant single sheet of glass with like a little hole through it where it kind of comes through. Like, and, and that's got to be massive as well. And it doesn't just, su- it doesn't just suddenly appear there either. I mean, yeah. How do you get the freaking thing in there? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, all it's a big deal. For granted, you know. Um, are are coming to the forefront as I step into my general contractor, you know, spot. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of weight to be hanging over your head or over cars or you know, um, you know, whatever. So it's yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, listen, I, I'm I'm confident they'll get it figured out. I'm curious to know how they're going to figure it out. Uh, Me too. But, but you know, we'll, we'll do- we will document it here. You know, I mean. Uh, I, I sent the dimensions to Badass Workbench uh, for making a cabinet at the end of the 26-foot, you know, bench that they're making is for the compressor. Imagine oh, yeah. the size of that cabinet. I mean, you know, it's 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 on a scale that I just haven't dealt with before. So things are uh, things are grandioso, shall we say? Yeah. But, but it's hey man, we're getting there, dude. We're getting there. We're almost done with the stone on front, and uh, we're we're uh, the the boards uh, that were mounted on the front, the color panels. There, they've completed those with that color, and so they're changing color now, putting color on the inside. And, and it, like I said, it's an exciting time finally. As you can see in my eyes and my <laughs> mannerisms, man, it's just been it's one one thing after another. But you know. Good things come to those who wait. All the analogies that you can throw out there, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's a freaking garage. But I'm I, I can't wait till it's done. Yeah, it's it's very cool. As you said, when when the aesthetic pieces start to come up, it it has more of that finished look. And you're right, that's an exciting part. I, I saw the 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 images you texted me last week, so you know, can't wait to see how much has been done in in the past week. But um, yeah, well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, and if you think about it, if all the interior is done, the, the boards are done. I tell them boards, the panels. If all that's done, all the white's done, they're doing one color for two different areas. And then, you know, they're completing the bathroom upstairs and the flooring's about to go. Man, we're due. We're, we're there. We're, we're close. So. Um. We both. CMOS coming up pretty soon. Uh, we're we're jamming on getting ready for that. Um, as you guys know, the uh, the Mustang Mach One, the 2021 Mach One, is going to SEMA. And that, <laughs> I mean, that in and of itself, it's it's okay. You're taking a car to SEMA. Yeah, I'm taking a car to SEMA. Oh, awesome! 
people don't understand what it go what you have to go through to have to get all that done. Yeah, and it's not. Hey, just take my car and bring it back. You know, next week. It's not. <laughs> this this isn't a big project. Then it wasn't supposed to be like a SEMA crunch. But the problem is. And, and I get this with a lot of SEMA builds. It's not just the fabrication. It's the parts. Like we're putting parts on the car that haven't been made yet. And, uh, you know, we're we're doing the audio system to show off uh, some new product from, from Focal. Uh, it's still in France. It hasn't, it hasn't left yet. And, and what, we have two weeks? Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, like but actually we don't. So the car is going into the Anderson Composites booth, but they need the car with enough time to kind of <laughs> polish up all, all the carbon fiber and and you know get their booth ready and load up. So the semi truck that's bringing all of their booth cars is coming early. So I'm so today is Wednesday. I am going over to. Galpin Autosports today, we're bringing the Mustang over there. The Mustang's been with the audio guys, and the audio guys can't finish because we don't have the speakers. So the they're gonna they're gonna keep the door panels and stuff and keep working on that. The rest of the car goes to Galpin Autosports, and they need to install the Steeda suspension, including a fr- a whole new K member in the front. Uh, New K member in the front, new suspension, lowering springs, um, and they need to install the twin turbo kit from Hellion. So oh, and, they, they're, and they're not taking any of their person or their vehicles to see me either. So it's not like you know, they can concentrate on your car, right? right. <laughs> they uh, uh, so they got to do the twin turbo kit from Hellion, and we wanted to do some paint on the hood. <laughs> but when I drop off the car today on Wednesday, they don't know that I got to tell them I need it end of day Tuesday. So they have oh. less than a week to get it done because Anderson Composites needs it next Wednesday. A week from today, they need it so they can do what they need to do on it, then load it up and bring it out there. So We've known about SEMA for uh, 365 days. I, listen, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> that, that I, I talked to uh, – we love – so. Um, I've been on the phone every day with John Urist from Hellion. He's great, and uh, he's got a kit there. Um, uh, you know, and he's you know they're they're doing the the coating, the ceramic coating on the headers, and trying to get it overnighted out here. And and uh, I will say this that um, this is their emission tested kit. This is a really big deal to Hellion. It's a big deal to SEMA Garage. Um, there hasn't been an emissions tested uh, – I don't want to say legal yet. That's not the right term because it passed all of the testing at SEMA Garage. It needs to be submitted to the EPA and CARB for their approval. There's no reason why it shouldn't get approval other than okay. politics, right? But um, it's an emissions passable kit um, at a higher boost than you think because the car – it's – it. The, the the turbos mount right after the catalytic converters down low next to let's say the bell housing you know at the back of the engine but still very close right you want it as close to the engine you want the heat in them so you got shorty header catalytic converter and turbo 
like kind of all uh, not not too different than what uh, McLaren does on their turbo V8s, right? They they basically have they basically kind of have it like right there. Um, it's all kind of I think their turbo housing on the McLaren and the exhaust manifold is cast in one piece. Uh, I can't imagine what that costs if you crack a piece, but <laughs> you know. Uh, so the Mach One will have this kit, but they they just installed one of these kits on a GT three fifty. Now the GT three fifty, the baseline of that vehicle is a little bit more horsepower, maybe about forty or so horsepower on that thing. But uh, they brought it down to their facility, they installed it, they. Did six pounds of boost, eight pounds of boost, ten pounds of boost, and they're like six pounds. By the way, is more than enough to drive around town. But they said, let's just see what we can do at ten pounds of boost, which doesn't sound like a lot. Ninety-one octane pump gas, ninety-one octane. They made over eight hundred to the tires. It was like eight hundred and eleven or eight nineteen or something to the tires. And That's impressive. I, I think it's 700 plus to the tires at six pounds of boost. Uh, now, at, for a comparison, they the car one of the cars that they were testing on had a Whipple. It was a GT350 with a Whipple, mm-hmm. and they removed the Whipple, installed the turbos with their intercooler system, and they ran the same exact amount of boost. And I think it was somewhere around 60 or – I don't know if it was 60 or 90 more horsepower to the tires. You know, just just the efficiency of the turbos and the way it works. Mm-hmm. That's um, impressive. And wait till you see the dyno sheet on this. The torque curve is insane. It just <laughs> fires up that torque and it just plateaus and it just, awesome. it just puts down power. You're going to be so – Impressed. I know you'll come and see the car at SEMA, but when we can disclose the uh, the the dyno charts and stuff on it, you'll you'll see how really interesting this is, and the amount of work these guys did to get this thing emissions tested and you know passable um, is a lot. I don't think there's been an emissions legal turbo kit or at least twin turbo kit for a Mustang in thirty years. Right. Well, I can't. Wait to, I can't wait to drive it because I can compare it against. Yeah, the Shelby GT500 that the, I rented last week when I went to Miami. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's interesting because yeah, we both drove the GT500, several of them, um, and uh, that's a great car. It's got a great transmission. That DTC is, is cool, but you can't get it in a manual, and. The Mach 1 has a manual, so sort of a turbo version of the GT500 with a manual transmission. And it has the Tremec in it, so it should handle the power. It's definitely not the fragile transmission. I, You know, I mean, you know me, dude. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not a Ford guy, but I can appreciate quality when I see it, right? And yeah. so I had the car for four days. I drove it twice because I was with my family. But – uh I, I was fairly impressed. I, I, I can tell you that the first thing that I longed for and that car definitely needs is a manual transmission. I mean, right. A, a thousand percent. It's just not, it's just not the same. Did you, 
did you get a chance to try the different modes? Did you put it in like a the Sport Plus or Track mode? Because it does wake it up. I didn't have it in any other mode no. <laughs> the whole time. All right. Well, that's the way that's to go. Why you rent that car. That's right? why you rent that car. You're like, how do I get it out of street mode and just leave it? When am I, when am I going to have the opportunity to do that? So when I rent cars, sometimes I check out the competitors, you know, and it, it, I tell you what, that seat in there is one of the most comfortable seats I've ever sat. In. Yeah. The, 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 the way they set you up as a driver in that car is, I mean, it's, it's, very commendable. Yeah. I think for sure. So yeah, it's cool and it stuff. smokes the tires pretty good. It does smoke the tires pretty good. That was me for Lauderdale airport, by the way. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, a little bit of uh, news I wanted to touch on. Uh, this report came out from Kelly Blue Book. Kelly Blue Book owned by Cox Automotive now, but Kelly Blue Book put out their um, – the latest numbers for ATPs. This is average transaction price. And I, I was a little surprised by these numbers. I, I know that we, we've talked about like new car prices going up over the years and the average price felt like it was, you know, over $40,000 now, somewhere around that $40,000 mark. Um, but it's, it's, it's not. It's higher. The average price for new cars across the board now, $48,301. That's, that's because I thought that it was just a space that you and I never really touched on that much. Not that it wasn't there as, as far as the lower price point. I just thought it was an uninteresting segment that we just didn't talk about. I, I thought it was always there, but that's unbelievable to it, know. That it just seems price. awfully expensive, right? I yeah. mean – I you know look like I mean I know I, I bring up the Mustang all the time but the you know the '93 Cobra which was the the cream of the crop in the Fox body world that was twenty thousand twenty one thousand bucks right now we're more than double that more than double that right it's amazing. Like, like that's truly amazing I mean in, in such a short period of time think of the cars you could have bought thirty years ago for forty eight thousand bucks versus now. And then there's this kind of this um, – there's some interesting statistics in here, one being the average markup that's being paid by buyers. That has a lot to do with it, I'll bet. The average markup is $1,102. Now, <laughs> I don't want to say don't trust your dealer, <laughs> your car dealer, but – the average markup of eleven hundred bucks is not. You would think, oh, because so many high end cars, right, are getting huge markups and specialty cars getting markups of ten, fifteen, twenty thousand bucks, and maybe and we hate the markups, but maybe we feel a little less badly about them because it's being tacked on to people buying hundred thousand dollar vehicles people that we feel like can afford that markup a little bit more. Um, I got news for you, brother. It is not. Uh, the luxury car market is, I guess, maybe just more profitable, more negotiable. But people on average are are only paying about $132 average markup on the luxury brand cars. So this $1,100 that uh, is making us kind of you know get our attention – 
This is on the mass market cars. This is on Honda, Hyundai's, Kia's, you know, like I I don't know, it just kind of seems like, you know, the average monthly payment for a car right now is $743 a month. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Amazing. I listen, I, I this this whole idea of the dealers going, oh yeah, let's just mark up the BMWs and the Porsches, and let's do good by you know the mass market cars. They're they're not, unfortunately, they're not. And listen, this is a very broad statement, right? I'm not saying all dealers are terrible. I'm not saying they're all doing it. I'm just saying be aware of what you're doing when you're going in to buy a car. And if you're going in to buy, I understand there's waiting lists and there's orders and stuff. But, uh, you know, just do your homework. Be smart about it. It's a different consumer. It's a different time. It's more, it's so much more acceptable now because uh, you can't do anything about it. You have to accept. I mean, I mean you don't have to accept. It. But I would have loved to have seen those figures even five years ago and how they compare with what they are now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I'm curious to see where that where they're going, and prices keep going up on cars. But listen, the the idea is is just because your Toyota, your Honda, your Ford dealer is you know three miles from your house, uh, don't be afraid to shop it around. Send out some emails, get online, go. You know, hey, I walked into my Ford dealer, and you know, I'm I'm looking to buy this vehicle. I want a new Maverick or whatever, and you know. This guy wants this much money. Uh, I don't want to pay that. What do you got? Like, like, put it out there to the to the salespeople or the internet salesmen at the you know send some emails, make some calls, and be like, I'm ready to buy a car. When you're ready, I, you say I'm ready to buy a car, and this is what I'm willing to pay. You'll find a dealer that will do it. No doubt. You know. Now I know we like convenience and stuff like that, but just think about that. I mean, if you can put a grand or a couple grand in your pocket on this thing. And, you know, that goes towards a car payment, insurance, you know, a couple tanks of fuel, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's still money. Why, why pay extra for something when you don't have to pay extra for something? Um, Dude, I'm, I'm the mayor of Muscleville. I'm Santa, <laughs> I'm Santa Claus. Yeah. I'm about, I'm about to shoot another one here in a couple weeks for Dodge by me going 25 miles. Mm-hmm. I saved twenty five thousand dollars on my first TRX. Yeah, right. And that's me. So imagine what the normal consumer goes through. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. They get raped, I would imagine, to an extent. And look, I mean, there, there's, it can be done. Like, listen, I, I, if you're going and you're trying to get a new GT three, you know, there's, there's going to be a markup on it unless you're on some list or whatever. I get it, but we're not talking about that. Like how much extra are you going to pay for a Tia Kelly or for a Kia Telluride or Honda Civic, you know, and, and they're all, we've driven them. They're cool cars. They're, you know, that's the, that's the car to get. Um, anyway, so just be aware of that. Now, speaking of pricing, pricing's going up across the board on all cars again. We saw Rivian do it. We saw Tesla do it. Those are the ones that are catching the most of attention. And most recently, the Ford Lightning has a second price increase. Um, but 
keep in mind that when you start to compare prices of cars, you look at like Camrys and Corollas and Accords and stuff, and you look at the 2020, 2021, 2022, 23 prices, you'll start to see like, oh, it's gone up 500 bucks. It's gone up 700 bucks. You know, like everything is is going up. Um, limited availability of parts, inflation, everything being more expensive. We talked about uh, Ford Lightnings having increases across the board. Um, you know, forget the markups, but just the increases for the base prices of it. Actually, even started a while ago with Corvette C8 when they're like, "Oh, it's going to be sixty thousand bucks just under. It's going to be fifty nine nine something," and that's crept up a little bit uh, over time. Um, same thing with the Ford Lightning. I, I, you know, credit to Ford. They're like, "We want this base model out there, the Pro, for under forty thousand bucks. We want thirty nine nine ninety nine or whatever it was." Um, and it's basically the stripped down model, but can you get a an electric F one fifty for forty thousand bucks? The answer was yes. Um, and then after a bunch of orders were placed, they realized the expense. The price went up. Uh, I think like five or six grand or seven grand, and it went up again on the base model because it's it's that's it adding the luxury features are so profitable, which is why like Porsche 911, you're like, oh, I get a 911 for 100 grand. And then you go on to the online configurator, like, when did it become $180,000? Because I added floor mats and a stereo, you know, and LED lights are like, it's 180, like what's going on? And there's so much profit in it. Uh, anyway, so the the base Lightning Pro now is, is almost 52,000 bucks. So uh, if you were on the list initially to get one for forty thousand um, uh, dollars, good for you. Uh, the platinum went up a little bit, um, but the platinum uh, starts at ninety seven thousand. There's a few options you can tack onto it, but I want to say the base was like ninety, and you can put a few options on it. Maybe get it around ninety three. Now it's ninety seven. You can probably it's probably getting real close to. To a hundred thousand sticker price before you know taxes, registration, and all that stuff. So, yeah, everything is uh, everything is definitely getting uh, more <laughs> more expensive. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Oh, but Ford did say anybody that has an order in, anybody that put down that deposit or or whatever, you're you're fine. You're locked into your original price. They're not going to do that thing where like. You you know you get your order in you got to wait eight months for your truck and by the time you get it it's going to be seven thousand dollars more money they're not doing that uh, thank God right but they, they I mean listen it's a it's a it's a company that's been around for a long time they understand the like we're in it for the long game so they're like we're going to raise the price on all new orders and mm-hmm. we're well, going to start we, to make up for we it distributed uh, you know. That they will properly redistribute it as yeah. opposed to tagging it on to one. Yeah, right. For sure. Um, you know, Rivian did it as well, and they kind of backstepped a little bit because they wanted to raise the price on orders, and then were like, no, 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 you can get it for the, whatever you ordered it, and then the the new orders will raise it. So it, this what's, is what's the latest on them? I heard some uh, bad bad juju. Yeah, kind of, but it's not that bad. So they're they're recalling all of the Rivians. And when you say that, it sounds terrible, but 
it's there's basically one bolt in uh, uh, I don't know part of the suspension system somewhere up a kind of near like the upper control arm area that wasn't torqued to the right spec. So they want to replace it and torque it down. Um, they're not expecting any failures, but they're saying if you drive it and you get a little NVH, you get a little bit of noise, vibration, harshness, or anything in the steering or the suspension, um, this could be the issue. So I think they got about 13,000 vehicles out on the streets. They would like them all to come back in. Now, saying something is recalled, uh, it always kind of sounds bad uh, because we've heard stories in the past about you know, Ford Explorers got to be recalled because they roll, right? And we got to get yeah. them off the streets. And there's a it's, lot of it recalls. Is, it, is, it is bad, but it's all it's all you know in degrees of bad, right? You know, right? They don't bolt, have they bolt don't, is not terrible to you know the thing flipping, right? right? Or brakes failing, or you know, unintended acceleration, or you know, like uh, you know, but it like, still sucks. Gate the the the. The Broncos had a recall, and it was, and obviously, I have a sixteen-year-old. We have a sixteen-year-old son, Gage, and the recall was for the back seat seat belt when a restraint, when a child restraint is in it. And he looks at me and he goes, "Dad, uh, I don't need to go get this fixed. I'm not going to have a baby seat." <laughs> well, no shit, right? I sure as hope you don't have it, but you'll get a different vehicle by then. But yeah. <laughs> It, but it still was a huge pain in the ass just right now going into a dealership, scheduling, you know, the maintenance and then getting the car. And I mean, it, it, yeah, it's it's all in degrees of negativity for sure. But, yeah. sure. but you bring up a very valid point. A recall for a bolt is quite different than a recall for faulty suspension, you know, and it's yeah. going to breaking you know, steering, definitely things like that. So and and I, I think there's going to be. Uh, there's going to be a thing in the future where – maybe Rivian is already doing this, where they're going to repair stuff in the field. They, you know, they've Because I, I even saw a video recently of, of their sort of their field maintenance truck. It's a Rivian that's outfitted with all kinds of tools and, and uh, it has like a mobile tire changer machine in it and it lifts the tire so the, the worker doesn't have to bust their ass trying to lift that thing all the time and – and, you know, I don't know, maybe for something like this, but like, yeah, we're going to recall it, but also we can send the mobile truck out to there and we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll come out to your, to your place of work or your home and we'll get into there. We'll swap out this bolt. We'll torque it down. But right. We, what we never hear about on a recall is sort of the levels of seriousness or intensity, like recall phase one, recall phase two. We just use hear this, recall. Use this as an example because I thought it was something pretty shitty, you know, in their yeah. corner. And it just turns out, as you tell me, to be a bolt. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, so the first impression you hear of a recall is always negativity, you know, in every yeah. regard. And, like, they'll, they'll do it. They'll get it done. But also, I'm not surprised. I'm not saying – Rivian is bad. Everything gets so many things get recalled. Uh, Lightnings, I think, were already recalled for some stuff, or there was at least there was like a TSB on it, and uh, it all happens. And you know, as a new company, as a startup company, people say, "Oh, you know, this is a brand new thing. Should I get a Rivian? Should I get a Lucid?" 
and uh, or should I wait a couple years, let them work out the bugs? Well, honestly, that's probably a real thing. I would say that's a real thing. Maybe you want to wait a few years. Uh, it, yeah, but some people can't. Yeah, you know, some people they, can't, right? Or some people don't want to. And and you you kind of know it. You know, the early adopters should know what they're getting themselves into. I, I'm not saying it's a bad vehicle. I'm just saying when you get a first year or maybe even a second year vehicle um, that's you know one or two years like new, you should prepare yourself to be the person that may have to take it into the dealer to get some warranty work done or a recall thing or whatever done. Right and less of that over time. So that's what you're you're trading off for. You get yourself well, a new no iPhone well, look, or something. Yeah. Look at look at me. I knew fully well that a 26 foot door could possibly go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Something could go wrong, yeah. and I'd be an absolute imbecile if I didn't think so prior to it going in. Right. So I, you know, I I understand failure, and I understand the fact that it was the first one. You know, done in that size, and they're they're growing. There's issues, you know, so you have to R and D and figure it out. So right. I'm the we, guinea pig. It's all good. It's fine with me. We, we, all the owners of the Rivians have to feel the same way. You have to be realistic about your purchase, right? Which is why you're not pulling your hair out about the garage door issue in the garage because you knew whatever's left. Absolutely, <laughs> no, no question. Chin hair, bigger, bigger fish to fry, right? Because you're going, hey, look, we we gave it a shot. We're close. Or maybe we're closer than we thought we would be on the doors, and we've got to go back to the drawing table on a few things. But uh, it was expected, you know. It's it, realistic expectations, and if you buy a brand new, you know, uh, electric vehicle from any car maker right now, I mean, you have to understand that it's uh, quite a good possibility that something may go awry. I mean, it is what it is. I uh, <laughs> so I, I took the. Uh, I took the Ford Lightning and I put it up on social media, and um, I don't. I bet that got mixed reaction. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> um, I was like, hey, I got this Ford Lightning, and what are your thoughts? Would you customize this Ford Lightning? And boy, did I open up the floodgates! The I get it. Everyone's got jokes. Everyone's got you know to be a little sarcastic, but just right from you the get go. What, you got to pull the funniest one out. You know, I was like, "What would? I, what should I do to this Ford Lightning?" Already, in all caps, of course. Sean at our shop, who trolls me, and he works here, is LS swap it right, LS swap it, and then uh, put the Godzilla motor in it, the seven point three Ford in it, uh, uh, and twin uh, turbo diesel. Um. Push it off a cliff. There's one. <laughs> uh, put a Raptor motor in it. Um, it's an EV. Send it back. <laughs> uh, uh, paint it bright yellow. This one is funny because they know I don't like yellow cars. Uh, uh, motor swap it. Uh, I get a lot of that. Motor, use it as a golf cart. <laughs> okay, again, use it in, again, let's use an analogy. If yeah. you, by posting that, didn't think you were going to get comments like that, no, you're, no. you're an ignoramus, but you knew that, and that's why you did it. That's I got, part evoking a feeling from your <laughs> audience, right? More more comments on this than any other post I put up there. Well, um, put it there, well in, the, in the world that we live in, I'll put a post up about guns and get hundreds of thousands of views, yet I'll put a post up, and this is a really, this is a, this is where it changed tone a little bit. 
And I'll put a post up from a, a wounded warrior about a suicide hotline, and I'll get 5,000 people to, yeah. to like. Yeah. It's, it's the world we live in, you know? Um, yeah. All right. So, but there are also some really interesting comments. Like, Wheels is very popular. We already knew that, right? Which is why we already went down we to don't. HRE. Um, uh, somebody said night edition and you think of the night edition trucks, the night edition Bronco and stuff. That's kind of an interesting idea. Do a lightning night edition. Um, a lot of guys, you know, tint the windows, do some, some PPF, do a bed cover. I'm on board with all of those things. Uh, uh, let's see, um, put a Raptor motor in it. Uh, not feeling the rims. I agree. Uh, nuclear reactor. I don't know if they mean turn it into a nuclear reactor or leave it at one, but, uh, a lot on the rims, um, a lot of plastic on the grill. And, uh, it's interesting. It's because there's no holes in it for the radiator. So it's got a lot of plastic on the grill. Um, yeah, tint the windows, wheels. Some people said raise it. Some people said lower it. Um, I I know that. I think uh, I think there's been a few raised lightnings already, and it that's interesting. But my thought was the original lightning was meant to be a sport truck, and although this is a big, heavy, you know, uh, you know, crew cab, um, I just think sport truck. I think lowering it as opposed to raising it because the battery is so heavy and raising that, that center of gravity, you know, on, you know, with a six inch lift and 37, real smart. It, it just seems like, you know, maybe if that's the way you're going to go, you're going to want to go, you know, Raptor or tremor or, or whatever. Right. Uh, so I kind of think like, bring that, bring that weight down a little bit. And, you know, as long as now I, when I think about lowering, I, I'm definitely thinking about what's going to be the angle of the control arms with an independent rear. You don't, you can't go too low. You don't want to sit too high, like where it is. Um, bring that weight down a little bit. Uh, the ride height sensors, you know, some things like that. You need some calibration and stuff on. And there's been some people on on even YouTube that have experimented with lowering it and how it throws off the ride height sensors and how they were able to make brackets and stuff. So there's some interesting things. But one of the comments that I thought was interesting is the front of that lightning has that big light bar grill. It's kind of this smoked white grill. And someone said, well, that's kind of a cosmetic light that gives you sort of that menacing kind of look coming down the road at night, like the Lucid, which I always thought looks like Robocop's helmet. Mm -hmm. Someone said, tint that. You know, take that sort of that white light bar. Um, if it doesn't affect the headlights and it's more cosmetic, well, during the day where it's this white strip, well, what if we tinted that to give it sort of a – it wouldn't be black, but sort of a a smoked kind of – look to it that's kind of an interesting thought right and it matches the, the the truck a little bit more but and i don't care whether it's a motorcycle or an ev or a monster truck that's the beauty of why we are here talking about this yeah. individuality anybody can do it you know we say hey that's the most ridiculous thing in the world yet in a week somebody will come out with a 12 inch lift on a on a lightning you know, just to be that guy, right? So. Yeah. Listen, I, I think uh, I think Galpin Autosports already had a customer in. He bought the Lightning and he sent it over right away. And he's like, put 37s on it, you know, raise <laughs> it a little bit. And I, 
I think they were able to just get it done pretty pretty Why easily. Not? I don't even know who's making the parts for it. Um, uh, some guys that I saw lowering the truck, um, I'm not sure what they did, if they ordered custom springs or if they just cut a <clears> spring <throat> just to try it because of coil springs on all four four corners and – yeah. Send it to the boys in Houston at Excelsior, man. They'll put bags on it and drop it all the way. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, except – well, first of all, it's a pretty heavy truck. So you would definitely need some beefy airbags on it. And then uh, that's not really the look I'm going for. But, oh, another thing is I I got the Platinum Edition and has the running boards on it. And functionally, I love the running boards. It's it, They're helpful, easy to get in and out of, you know – People ride with me, get in and out of it. But you're right. They're a little chunky and they're there all the time. And doing sort of the flush fit, like retractable running board, I think is probably the way to go. And and especially if you lower it, uh, you want that clean side look. So I would I'm, I would definitely look into that as well. I think, I think we try to lower it a little bit. I don't want to slam it to the ground. It's still a truck. Uh, I just think, first of all, and it's got a lot of rake to it, and I know that for its towing capability, but there's so much discussion on towing, and the answer to that for me personally is I don't plan on towing anything. And, mm-hmm. and if I do, I'm just towing a car across town from one shop to the other. Or like like I was saying, we're, we're doing work on the Mach 1. We could load it on a trailer and bring it from one shop to the other. So that's fine. I'm not worried about any of that. And I'm hauling parts. I got the truck here, and it's got a bunch of the parts for the Mach 1 in the back, right? So The carbon that, fiber? Uh, well, there's some so, carbon fiber stuff. It doesn't weigh anything, right? No, no, no. I've got, I, I, I've got the, the Steena K member and the lowering springs and the suspension stuff. Right. Having carbon fiber doesn't weigh anything. It's not going to make a difference. And, and that's in the truck, by the way, not in the bed of the truck. Uh, but, yeah, I'd like to bring it down maybe – Two, three, maybe like a two-inch drop in the front, three in the back, and get it level a little bit. Um, definitely swap out the wheels. Maybe look into like a power running board. Um, I The light bar thing with the tint is a very interesting idea, um, but I, I got to see what it looks like. I'm literally just maybe just take like a piece of tint and just drape it over the hood of the truck and turn the lights on at night to see the difference. Why not? Just yeah. to kind of like before and after. Let me see if I can find a piece of tent uh, scrap or something from one of the guys and put it on like half the hood. I'll take a picture and I'll post it up on social media. You guys kind of let me know. Should we should we do a tent or not tent kind of thing? I'll just I'm saying there's going to be some funny comments on that. I, yeah, listen, it's just a, it's a thought. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying let's take a look at it. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting idea. So maybe I'll just tape it on like half the hood or something and. Uh, and see what we think, you know, tent or no, no tent. It's just kind of a, a, a thought, but, um, yeah. Anyway, first things first, got to get the Mach one over to SEMA. I got to haul ass out of here get it over to Galpin and, and, and see, I keep checking emails to be like, you know, the parts have shipped, shipped, or this is on its way. And I'm not seeing a lot of emails coming. <laughs> My know. question is what year did SEMA crunch make it into the dictionary? Because oh, I don't know. That's a freaking real term. It's a it's a it's a real term. It's a real term. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to go. I you know I know there's a a bunch of really cool builds that we're looking forward to. Uh, certainly, Not, certainly our friends at Ring Brothers. I Ring Brothers is bringing seventy five cars this year. Or it seems like I'm sure. No wonder they asked us to help unveiling. <laughs> yeah. 
people to, to pull the tarps off. Because they can't be two places at once. So I'm looking forward to their stuff as well and uh, and having a little fun out there and catching up with everybody. But in the meantime, um, we're going to be heading out to uh, the Velocity Invitational. Adam and I are going out uh, this weekend. Hopefully – uh, if you guys are up in the area, come by. Um, when we spoke to them, they said tickets will be available at the gate. I, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like 80 bucks, 85 bucks, something like that. Where is it at? It's at Laguna Seca uh, in Monterey. Um, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, I believe our plan is to be there all, all of those days. Um, there's two uh, run groups. Uh, there's two racing events, uh, track sessions, if you will, on Friday and then one Saturday, one Sunday for almost everybody. So Friday is all the practice sessions and then there's like a qualifying Saturday and then race Sunday kind of thing. Um, I believe Adam's in group eight. So if you go to the Velocity Invitational website and download the schedule, uh, group eight is uh, what you're going to be looking for it'll be the small like under two liter trans am group like the b sedan group so um yeah i think that's it have fun man be safe and uh take a lot of pictures yeah we'll do uh all right so we'll go ahead and wrap things up and uh we'll you know we'll, we'll check in uh next week until next time keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. All this month, celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month with Pluto TV. Watch movies like Compadres and the Spy Kids Trilogy or your favorite stars like Luis Gerardo Mendez in Camino a Marte. Plus, Pluto TV has thousands more movies and TV shows and over 45 channels in Spanish, all for free. So download the Pluto TV app on all your favorite devices and start streaming today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.